What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. Hey, we're in episode four, and today we're talking about The Mandalorian. Mandalorian season one. So we're going to review it, uh, give you our thoughts, uh, what we like, what we didn't like. There's really not a lot to not like. There's not. About The Mandalorian. Uh, so let's jump into it. Let's roll. Episode four, The Mandalorian. What do we think about this this series? It's the first live action yeah. Star Wars series ever, and uh, in the mid two thousands, maybe like two thousand and seven ish, something like that. George Lucas talks about we're gonna start we're gonna start a live action Star Wars. Okay. Doing it for myself, not doing it for anybody else. So don't tell me what to do. Uh, that's my George Lucas impression. So, uh, but it was going to be about the underworld, and actually, the uh, here recently some leaked pictures and things from that show came out, uh, and I think even some film, maybe like five or ten minutes of actual uh, test footage, had come out about the Star Wars. I think it was going to be called Star Wars Underworld. Uh, it's not Star Wars Vampires. But it's just going to be kind of talking about, you know, what's going on in the underworld. You know, when we're in Coruscant, episodes one through three, we really are kind of in the nice area. You know, we're, we're in Times Square of Coruscant. Uh, but if you think about it, the whole planet is a city. Uh, and so just like every other city, there's slums, there's, there's you know, crime. And so we we're kind of jump into that. Uh, and so for whatever reason, um, that never really came about. They, they talked about it, and I think maybe part of it's because the Clone Wars took off. Uh, but this past fall, we finally got it, our first ever live-action Star Wars show. And so uh, Season one's finished. Season two's coming out in October. We just got news recently that Season 2 is... Uh, obviously, it's already been greenlit, but we know that we've got a date for October. Yeah, much sooner um, than I thought, too, because Mando started rolling. Yeah. I guess it was like November-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so usually it's you know either that time or later. So. Right, right. So we're getting it less than a year from season one's debut. We're getting season two debut. Uh, so very exciting. There's some we're gonna do some speculation and things here in a little bit. We don't want to jump ahead, uh, but yeah, surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. <laughs> uh, season two coming out a little bit earlier than expected. So uh, we have a couple of questions that we wanted to cover about how we feel about season one. Uh, so I guess the first one is going into it, and I kind of just talked about what I expected a little bit, but what did you expect from, from season one? Or I guess from the show at all. We didn't know we were getting a season two yet. Uh, so we just knew we were getting at least one season of The Mandalorian. What were you thinking going into it before you saw, you know, obviously with advertising and stuff, we see footage and junk, but just yeah. from the concept, what did you think? Uh, honestly, I had no idea what to expect going into season one, just because... It was unprecedented. It wasn't really tied to any characters. We basically had a time period, but we didn't even know that for certain, really. And that time period is yeah, it's vast, wide open. and it's 
you know, not at all explored because there's such a big period from Jedi to The Force Awakens. Yeah, it's, you got 30 years in there. I mean, that's the that's wild space, you know, for Star yeah. Wars right now. Um, so I had no idea what to expect going in. I remember really, like, my mind was just reeling going into the first scene in Episode One, where Mando walks into the bar and, you know, the guy with the gills is getting heckled and, mm. you know, he walks in and he just breaks it up. But then at the same time, he's there for head gills. And so... <laughs> He's yeah. like, you can come warm or you can come cold. And I was like, oh, this is going to be sick. Yeah. You know, I was really, I was amped at that point. Um, and it was just, it was a nonstop thrill ride from there on out. I, I think it, my expectations going in because of the previous show that we were promised, I think I kind of picture it being in those slum environments, mm-hmm. not so much far outer rim. Um, <clears throat> so it was, it was something that I, I was... Whenever I realized, oh, we're just way out there, yeah, uh, I was a little bit surprised. Um, but you know what? I realized that they were going for kind of a Western vibe, mm-hmm. and I think that the environments that we got were perfect for that. Um, yeah, and the, the first music, scene. the music is killer. I mean, it just yeah. gives you a total, total, total Star Western. Wars it's a Star Wars, Star Wars Western. But it feels like I'm watching John Wayne. You know, the whole time watching the first episode, I was like. That could be Clint Eastwood under there. Nobody would know. Yes, <laughs> you know. Yes, like that was that was a Clint Eastwood to the nines yeah. type walk-in scene. He doesn't and talk to voice. anybody. Yeah, you just you don't know. And so I think that was it wasn't overplayed. It wasn't underplayed. It yeah. was just excellently done. And, and think, it set the tone. Yeah, know? I think that uh, something that I really enjoyed was you know a lot of times when you have a tough character, a tough character, mm-hmm. um, it's like we're just gonna make him massive. He's just yeah. gonna be super buff or whatever you know and. And uh, and there's there's room for characters like that, you know. In episode three, we we meet Paz Vizsla, the the huge Mandalorian with a freaking Gatlin gun, uh, and there's that character. But I think it's cool that our character is he's a, just a regular guy, yeah. And uh, he's very much got that that Clint Eastwood voice coming up from under that helmet. Um, <clears throat> because think, he only talks like once an episode, so it's like yeah. I... <laughs> Like here, his voice is just waking up every yeah. time he talks. Hey, Mando, what do you think about this? <clears throat> his voice is like <clears throat> right now. Yeah, you know, he's, he's not ready. So, uh, so coming into it, I knew we were getting a Star Wars Western. Um, and complete honesty, I was hoping for Boba when it first got announced. Yeah, but I think everybody's mind went from zero to Boba mm-hmm. and like. A Corazon second, to borrow a Star Wars phrase. Yeah. But I think it's cool that they developed a new character because it completely removed expectation. Yeah. And and I totally agree. And I think, um, you know, and this is kind of something that I'm thinking about as we talk about it, but uh, when they said The Mandalorian, I thought, well, I want it to be Boba Fett, but everybody always gets super mad whenever people try to say Boba Fett's a Mandalorian. No, he's not. Uh, and then this season was like, what is a Mandalorian? Yeah. I don't know. It's what you want it to be. It's what you want it to be. It's maybe if somebody's parents died and a Mandalorian was nearby, hop on the wagon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, is it the armor? Is it the creed? And I think obviously we find out that it's it's a certain belief system. It's yeah. a creed. It's a style. Um, but that was the whole thing for years is that you had the comic books that basically told Jango Fett's story of 
becoming a Mandalorian Mm -hmm. and then passing that heritage on to Boba Fett. And then in the EU, before Disney comes in and buys Star Wars, uh, some of the very, very furthest books, you know, you're talking about Legacy of the Force. Uh, This is 20 or 30 years after Return of the Jedi. So it's kind of in that time frame of what we have now for the sequel trilogy. And Boba Fett's not only known as a Mandalorian, he is the Mandalore. Like, Boba Fett is mm-hmm. is leading the Mandalorian people. And so I was very confused um, when all of a sudden they weren't Mandalorians. I guess Clone Wars is what changed that. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's specifically in, in one of the episodes of Clone Wars, uh, they're saying, no, we are a peaceful people. We live in a yeah. box. You yeah, know? right. And well, and it's like... Obi-Wan says... I recently had a tangle with a man in Mandalorian armor, Jango <laughs> Fett. He's an extremist. We don't count that guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, we would certainly not. <laughs> yeah. You so know. it was just, it, I was I was like, what is a Mandalorian? Then? Right. Well, and it's um, like, in my mind, also I'm thinking about Revan, because you think Jedi and Mandalorians, you think Revan. You know, yeah. and then you go back to how, I guess, Mandalore was definitely, you know, a world within a system. But at the same time, the peoples were like nomadic. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were, they were wherever they were, and wherever they were was Mandalore. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they there's, just they weren't this... defined by a race. They weren't defined by a planet. Yeah, there's a there's a specific planet that they right. call home. Right. But it's kind of like their like you were saying, their culture kind of goes with them wherever mm-hmm. they go. It's kind of like uh, you know we live in Houston. And it's a very diverse city. And depending on what part of Houston you're in, you feel like you're in a different culture, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and so it's kind of like wherever the Mandalorians are, that's Mandalore now. Right. Like well, wherever I, planet. And I, I remember thinking, oh, so they're humans, you know, because of Clone Wars and things. But in some of the books that are now legends, it was like there was a Mandalorian. And they would say like a such and such species. And I remember getting my phone and being like, what the heck is this? And looking it up and being like, I didn't know they had T-Rexes in Star Wars. How does the armor work? Yeah. You know? Well, but it's that, cool uh, that it spreads beyond a certain species or whatever. What was that What was that book with uh, Satil Shan where they're doing, like, the Criss Cross the Apprentices thing? Um, they had a Mandalorian and she only had four fingers. You know, she was definitely not a human species. And I was like, what is going on? Here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, we're kind of getting off. But what we expected, we didn't really know what to expect, you know? Uh, did you feel like you got what you wanted? Um, yes and no. And it kind of reminds me of one of my famous little proverbs, which is, an unnamed arrow never misses, right? So I didn't know which way that arrow was going, so Did I you make something. that up? No. <laughs> uh, but I've taken it upon myself. Um, and so... I was like, wow, good one. Right? <laughs> but you don't know where that arrow's aimed, it's just shot yeah. out there, and yep. it hits something, then it hits something. It wasn't meant to hit anything else. Yeah. Um, and so, because I had so few expectations going into The Mandalorian, right. when I got what I did get, I was not disappointed, and I wasn't, like... You know, I, did, I just didn't feel like it didn't go where it was supposed to, because yeah. I didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah. I think that, again, new character... A, mm-hmm. a point in time that we really haven't explored very much of, and it's removed from every single anything that we know so far. Right. You know, there's not really, it doesn't have ties to anything. And this is a little bit of a tangent, but that concept is the reason that I'm okay with Ryan Johnson getting another movie if he does. Because I think his storytelling is good. Mm-hmm. I think his ideas are good. I just feel like we had so many preconceived notions about how episode eight should have gone that he 
And in his defense, if they said, hey, Josiah, you've made some good movies. Here's a couple hundred million dollars to make a Star Wars movie. I could care less what your expectations were. Boba Fett's coming in with a lightsaber and killing <laughs> Snoke. You know, like, so I do appreciate that he made the movie that he wanted to he make. He made a Ryan Johnson movie. And so the cool thing is Mandalorian is is basically that same vein as Last Jedi, except where there's no expectations. Right. And, and so no build-up to yeah, it. You know what exactly. I mean? So there's, there's so, no letdown either. Um, I knew coming in, it was going to be, and I've heard people say, I didn't want it to be a show about a cool guy doing cool guy things, wearing cool armor. And I was like, that's all I want in this show? Like, <laughs> so, surface yeah. level? Would like, you like a Tusken Raiders show? Like, can, I inter- yeah. can I interest you in the Tusken or the Jawa? Yeah, <laughs> it's just crazy because you have, you have those folks who are like, I want the story to be deeper. But a lot of times those same people are the ones that are like, episode one, two, and three is too much politics and not enough action. It's like, it's a deep political freaking, he's got a plan that spans both sides. He's the guy from the beginning of the Bugs Life short where he's Playing like, chess ah, against himself. Ah. Yeah. And so. And it's then when like, he wins, he's like, mm. yeah. So, or more like, ah. satisfied with himself no matter so what. So it's like, what did you want? Did you want action packed? Did you want more of like a. You know, like a winter soldier where there's some lore, but it's a ton of action. Or do you want more of like a yeah, deep, you know, war and peace? So Mandalorian, I think, is an amazing balance of that. Yeah. And we start sure. to get flashbacks of his childhood and stuff. So I feel like we really got what we wanted. And I feel like some of our complaints um, started to get taken care of as the season went on. Right. Well, and I mean, John Favreau had my heart from the first scene of the first episode and I was like you know what I'm just gonna trust him I'm just gonna trust him and for the like dude 80 to 90 percent of it probably closer to 90 they had me from the second I heard (laughs) I was like I'm in I'm 100% in and then when they had the freaking long snoot guy be like, oh, you need a speeder bike? Was <laughs> this Legend of Zelda? The guy, the guy comes up and he's Play like, pan flute. No droids. And I was like, yeah, no droids. <laughs> like, I was just, everything was so cool. He goes to his freaking chrome ship. And then as he's taking off, a giant dragon walrus tries to bite his <laughs> ship out of the sky. And he's like, I don't think so. Tase you, tase you. And it was <laughs> he just so casually is like hanging out like, by his pinky, he's like, yeah, that's enough grip. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. casually taking care of it. Like, he's like, oh, another with day, the... another ice monster guy. <laughs> he, he shocks this guy with the thing you carve your turkey with. He's like, Nyeh! and the freaking walrus drops it. I was like, I'm sold. I don't care what they do with this guy. I'm all the way in. And then you get to episode two, and you have these Trandoshans that come and they're trying to steal the child. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into. You know, pleasant surprises later. Obviously, the child is number one on that list. Yeah. Um, but they're trying to get him. And one of the Trandoshans is running away. And he's like... And I'm like, okay, he's going to shoot this guy. No! He completely disintegrates him. And I was like, no disintegrations! <laughs> I was like, this As guy you is... Wish. You know, it was just <laughs> sick. So, um, I feel like I got everything I wanted. And I'm so excited that any questions I did have are like... Well, where is this going to end up? Mm-hmm. We got season two. And then John Favreau, the second that we're like, he's like, all right, we're starting season two. Here's filming. And he takes a picture of the Mandalorian's helmet, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh. John Favreau's Instagram is just gold because 
the first thing he posts is that rifle that is, you know, kind of heralds back to Boba Fett's first appearance in the cartoon portion of the holiday special, mm -hmm. you know, and then you get, uh, he's like, you remember this? And it's the freaking ice cream maker, yeah. which ends up being a, no wonder that guy was carried around in Clown City. It's full of cash. <laughs> and so you've got that. Uh, and so he strikes again. Favreau strikes back. As soon as season two starts filming, he's like, we're greenlit. It's going to happen this fall. And he posts a picture of a freaking jacked UFC fighter looking Gamorrean guard. Like this guy, it's like a pig on roids. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what's this guy going to be doing? This guy's on the freaking carnivore diet. Look, he's lost all his stomach fat. <laughs> yeah, it's like he looks like if Thor from Ragnarok and a Gamorrean guard had a kid. And I am all for it. So it absolutely lived up to what I wanted. Um, so I wrote these a couple of different portions. So, uh, you know, Vader's very famous for saying, you know, you failed. And so, uh, lied. you know, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this next segment is called failures uh, because I want to talk about things that we thought could have done, been done better yeah. or just things that weren't our cup of tea. You know, sometimes you just have an opinion. Yeah. And so... Uh, what were some things that you didn't care for in season one? Okay. Or maybe something that you liked, but you were like, maybe this would have been better. I've got like two main things. And one of them I talked about in our first episode when we discussed Mandalorian very, 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 very briefly. But it was that... Uh, it was that a lot of people did complain validly that it took a while for the Mandalorian and the infant or the child to kind of find a direction that they were going together. The asset. <laughs> I would like to hold the child. Where is the child? <laughs> he's got like this Italian, Irish, British accent. You don't know where he's from. He's a straight Nazi. What do you mean? But he is and he is and he's like... <sighs> <laughs> you don't know what he's, he's not Watto. I would like to hold the child. Eh? <laughs> he's just constantly an inch and a half to the ground. Yeah, but uh... but anyway, it took them a lot of time to kind of figure out where they were going, and you know, he was just kind of going to planet to planet. He's like, need more fuel, need to rescue this guy from prison. Guess the baby's coming, you know. <laughs> and so it was just kind of the Mando living the Mando's life, almost like. Uh, we got a Mandalorian Truman show. What else right. do you want? Okay. <laughs> this is how Mando brushes his teeth under his helmet. <laughs> he misses the back. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's it's very much, and I guess it's kind of just a very drawn out character development of the Mando trying to figure out, you know, who he can pawn the child off on. You know, he maybe he can do the village, but then they find him in the village and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna just, just gonna yeah. Just I think <laughs> one of the beautiful things, and again. Now that the whole season's over and you can look back at it, mm -hmm. it's cool because you see the development of right. just get rid of this child. We're not going to murder it, but I don't want to keep it either. Right. Uh, and then over time, he's like, I'll kill everybody I know for this baby. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I totally agree. When you have the first episode, the very, very end, the big reveal, mm -hmm. um, IG-11, you know, comes in there and he's like, you must surrender the bounty to me. And he's like, let's work together. Um he kills IG-11, boom. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, there goes marketing. Something about Star Wars marketing, man. They're like, you like this guy? You shouldn't. We're going to kill him. <laughs> or, you know, come back. I guess he did more than Phasma <laughs> did. But, um, 
And then throughout this, the whatever, you know, throughout the time, I think episode two really, really solidifies his affection for the child because of the child's rescuing. Right. Well, him. and part of the Mando Creed, it's just like he. You take his, care of him, man. He, well, and it's like his balance isn't paid. You know what I mean? He's. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not real, he perceives that he owes a debt to the child because the child saved his life. Right. Right? So. I think that he feels indebted to him. He feels a sense of responsibility, but he's just kind of trying to move on with his life. Yeah. And he, and he feels like he owes him, and he's also, he's got a soft spot for foundlings, mm-hmm. which, that's orphans, um, because we find out later he was a foundling. He was an orphan. He right. was rescued by Death Watch. I do love, I know we're talking about the things we didn't like, but I love that we get to see the good side of Death Watch. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in the Clone Wars, it's like, Terrorists, terrorists. Yeah, and well, I really love that they show they're following a creed, and it's their creed isn't just violence; it's the old Mandalorian way, right? And I really like that. Well, because you get it's very much like the other side of the coin. Because in Clone Wars, all that we see is Visla, and he's basically using Death Watch as a means to an end because he's just power hungry. Yep. But at the same time, what you don't see is even though these guys are kind of bloodthirsty. For the most part, a lot of them do believe they're doing the right thing. You know right, what I mean? It's, right. it's very much the that villain that believes villain. they're in the right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I agree. Something I wrote down was that the show sometimes felt... Um, they're towards the end. Episodes 7 and 8, obviously, are kind of a part 1 and 2, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, this is what we got to do. Um, but for the most part, a lot of the episodes felt like... What what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, like what what where's what is this lending to the story? And I know, you know, I'm learning to appreciate it as a show and stop treating it like a movie that I'm just sitting down and watching in eight parts. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to go in one specific place. We can develop this character here, develop his, you know what I'm saying? De- develop different parts of his personality, meet this character here who's really important. Um, so it did feel not slow, but the story overall just felt like, where are we going with this? Yeah. Um, but they wrapped it up beautifully. And I think that they have a very specific place they're trying to go with right. season two. And I, that finale we get, you know, where Mando and the infant or the child are with the armorer mm-hmm. and she's like, you're clan of two now, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. it's like, they're definitely bonded through that forged together, if mm-hmm. you will. Ah. Uh, but it's like that's what everybody was looking for the whole time so I think it was tastefully done that it's like okay we have a hard stop and start for you know season one and season two right at the same time maybe it could have been done sooner but I mean I'm not the creator I didn't have the vision that John Favreau had so it's really hard to say that objectively right right so a little bit slow a little bit spacey at times and not as obviously it's in outer space but and, and spacey in a sense of like where are we trying to go with this yeah um but i agree again we have to have some things that we would like done better and that was that for us is that a little bit more direction um but i feel like they're at the end you know yeah i had to eat my words because i was like oh here's where we're going with this yeah, yeah you yeah. know um so Next thing. Hold on. I have one solid Ooh. complaint. Okay, okay, okay. Episode six. Yes. I hate that Mr. Krabs has like 18 roles. He's not 
Bradley Baker where he's got like 300 roles, but they're all very nuanced and or different. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, I don't know, paint him red, put horns on him, just let him be the same character. Yeah, you know? yeah. I can't stand it. <laughs> uh, it's really like, well, I love him as Mr. Krabs, but I just hate these like, I'm another angry, strong guy. Yeah, You know, and yeah. it's also the fact that Devronians to me were always supposed to be Russian. Right. So the fact that he was just a, a gravelly American. Yeah. You know, and then <clears throat> I didn't like the way that they handled Twi'lex because they're supposed to be like this very almost like artistic but graceful. And instead we got like Cockney British that hisses a lot. She's like, wedding, governor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was just, I, I wasn't there for it. Yeah. I really wasn't. And, uh, you know, that kind of jumps into, we're jumping a little bit ahead. But uh, favorite and least favorite episodes. Oh, yeah. That's, so everybody knows where we're going. Real quick, me. let's cover pleasant surprises. We can just do it in list fashion because everybody's going to agree. Baby Yoda, amazing surprise. Pleasant surprise. Freaking, you know, my question, I do have questions like, where the heck was the asset during episode nine? Yeah. You know? But anyways, or that's... during episode six. You know? I mean, he would have been alive oh, during yeah, most yeah, yeah, of yeah. the original trilogy. Who's the whole, the whole original trilogy. Yeah. Um, is he IG Yoda's 11? offspring? Who knows? Yoda's getting a little side action with Yaddle. Oh, yeah. That's why Yaddle wasn't in episode two, because they were like, <laughs> Maternity leave, get her out of here. Um, IG-11 and his, you know, complete reprogramming was super cool. Yeah. Um, and it definitely... How cool is it that we get to see a live action version of a very Clone Wars-esque freaking... IG-11 droid speeding through a town, just freaking murking like, he, his kill count in that one drive is like 68. Yeah. He's just going, going, going. He and definitely had an airstrike by the time he finished that. He he drives in, he gets to the square, sees there's about 100 people and goes, I'll just throw the speeder at him. Hold on, baby Yoda. Jumps off the speeder. It was just super sick. Um, and then my personal favorite, Nick Nolte as a pig. Queel. Uh, I freaking loved Quill's character, uh, you know, and and uh, I loved his the dignity of his character. Like yeah. he was just so like I think the Mandalorian learned a lot from Quill because it was like, you know, I can pay you handsomely to join my crew, and he was like, no. you know, <laughs> he basically has said like, I have worked a lifetime to earn this freedom. Yeah, I appreciate you, but I. I've got pizza rolls in the oven. <laughs> like he's he's so true to himself. Yeah. And uh, and he's his reprogramming of IG Eleven is like a one episode synopsis of the whole season of how the Mandalorian mm -hmm. mentally reprogramming uh, reprogramming himself. Um, I love that Cara Dune doesn't trust him, and he's like, and then you will see how one can earn their freedom by the use of their hands. I was like, yeah, shut up, Kara. Like, as whenever they were going back and forth, I was like, shut up. Like, I was just, I just love Quill's character. And so he was a pleasant surprise. If we don't get him in the Black Series, it's a sin, Hasbro. Um, the first Ognaught that didn't just say, Baba da Boopy. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because in episode five, they're just like, <laughs> and, then, and then in episode, or in Rebels, they're like the same thing, you know? Yeah. And then all this one's like, yeah, I taught myself 12 languages. Uh, so, anyways, those are some of my pleasant surprises. Um, so, jumping back into what you're saying. Favorite and least favorite episodes. So we'll start with least. Well, I have for my yours. pleasant surprises. Oh, okay, it's okay. Christmas sorry, Eve sorry. for me. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so, Boba Fett, that nice little hint there at the end of episode five. Um, 
as soon as I saw that foot, I was like, that's Boba Fett. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> but, you know, it's the further I got into it, and I was like, there's his cape. There's his spurs. You know what I mean? It was yeah, just yeah. like, bang, boom, bah. The sounds to me were more... That was the clincher. Yeah. The sounds to me were the winner because it's a guy with a cape. It's a guy with boots. Like, there could they could be misleading yeah, with that. But and spurs is 100% both. Unless it's for sure, like, we're going to give them this and we're totally lying. Like, yeah. Like the and little radio then, frequency is totally the sound when when Boba walks in during the special edition of A New Hope. You know, you've got Jabba the Hutt that looks like a freaking 2D 1980s video game character that's like, oh, no. And it's, you can totally tell he's not there, but special editions still have my heart. Uh, but at the end, they totally just put Boba Fett and he walks in and he's just like, it's me, Boba Fett. And when he's walking in, you have that radio frequency mm, that sound that police scanner that's playing when this character's walking up at the end of episode five and then of course the iconic we would be honored if you would join us <laughs> so you get both at spurs so if they make that somebody else they basically have lied <laughs> because yeah. it's i don't know hopefully it's not direct misleading on purpose i also all right i'll, I'll save this for speculation for season two okay. and my other things were the little things uh i liked in episode two when he was shooting up those jawas and baby yoda was like yes um but he was like pulling ammo out of his cargo pouch i thought that was cool like i said you always the, see them they're always wearing them but these bad boys right them. here you never see them use them they're just there mm -hmm. but he used them and yep. i was there for that also, I episode remember three. the end of episode two, I was like, it would have been really cool if we could have seen his heads up display. And we did! Yeah. In episode three, we just got to see all, like, the Mando stuff that you oh always wanted gosh. to see. You got to see him, like, tracking the heat signatures. You got to see him looking at the stormtroopers through the wall. I never... You saw him light some fools on fire. I never, oh. ever thought I would see a live-action 50 Mandalorians coming out of nowhere just murking folks. And I was <sighs> just... I, I never thought I'd see that. Yeah. And uh, we really got to see it, so that was really awesome. Which is a perfect segue into favorite and least favorite episodes. Episode 3, far and away my favorite episode. Yeah. Just for those little things. I, it's so balling just to see him just shred 15 stormtroopers. Yeah. Like, I think that the, all those mandos coming at the end almost overshadows his freaking amazing work going yeah. in, you know? I like those odds. Dude, going in... Using the whistling birds, although the person in me that likes to like hold on to like my vacation days and hope they roll over, like I was like, "Did you just got those?" <laughs> but it was a perfect you know time to use them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his paused. infiltration was sick. I mean, just the sometimes he has like no scopes where he's just like down down, and it's like you can't tell how his eyes are going, but his helmet's just looking one way, and he's like, Pew! "That's yeah. just awesome." Yeah. Uh, yeah, episode three was amazing. Episode 5 was a lot of people's least favorite, and Episode 5 was at the top of my list. I loved going to Tatooine. I loved being back in, in uh, and, uh, Mos Eisley. Yeah. I loved going back into the bar and seeing it super dead a lot of with a bunch of droids working it. Because uh, the Empire has, has been run off. And there's not really any business for these mercs anymore. Right, so well, it's, because the Empire came in and kind of ruined the crime scene that was there. Right. And then they just pulled out. So it's just like... And there was, yeah, there was nothing, there was nothing, you, you know, to be done. Yeah. So you walk in there and it's basically just a couple of drunks, a handful of droids, which is ironic because Wooher would have hated that. Right. And then Mando sitting down and Hayden Christensen's version of Han Solo walks up and is like, 
Want to split a bounty? <laughs> like, it was just... I wanted him to like that character, and I was like, what do you mean? It's Anakin Skywalker and Han Solo's kid. Uh, he was awesome. And uh, then, who doesn't like... Happy Hands Club <laughs> sign language with the Tusken Raiders? That was freaking sick. He was like... <laughs> and they were like... <laughs> you know? It was just cool. I love that the Mandalorian bullies the new guy, and he's like... I gave them the binoculars or whatever it was he gives them. He's like, he's like, he's those, like, those are, are new. Really good. I yeah. like them a lot. Yeah. Uh, so that was just really cool. Thank you. No. <laughs> um, and then of course, episode seven and eight, they kind of run together because they're, you know, similar concepts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's very much like the most to be continued. For you know, sure. Kind of episode we have, maybe except for like one and two. Uh, super cool to see Moff Gideon's TIE fighter fold down. Like when you're eating a pizza and Dude, you fold it in half. Dude, I remember the more. first time I saw those wings fold in half, I was like, they can't do that. They can't do that. They're breaking the rules. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that, it doesn't work like that. But what it does is it makes you realize, hang How on. powerful Whoever's he is. Whoever's coming out of yeah, this guy. He's got a one of one edition TIE fighter. fighter. Exactly. Um, and then for me, I have to agree, man. A lot of people really loved episode six, the Suicide Squad Mandalorian Hard get together. Um, I like that Mando got... To, like, shaft the whole team in the end. Like, I really enjoyed that biz. <laughs> yes, but I didn't... Again, and yeah. here's and here's why, guys. Uh, we're obviously hardcore Star Wars fans, and we try to keep it surface level for the most part, but we're going to get into some deep cuts real quick to tell you why I did not like this episode. One, like you said, Devronians. They're they're not... They're tricksy Russians, man. Yeah. That's, they're tricksy like, space Russians you, that are red with horns. If you read... Uh, the they communists. are the Red Devil. It is George Lucas's Punch It Communism. That's what Deveronians are, and that's what I expected. <laughs> if you read any of the comics for the Clone Wars, especially the Quinlan Boss stuff, you've got Vilmark, or whatever the yeah, guy's Billy. name is, and the whole time, everything he says has a V in there. That's how yeah. Russian this guy is. He's like... You know, is it sunny? Viz me outside. Like, this guy is rushing to the core. He's like, want to try some vomitism? Talks about himself in the third person. Yes. like He total... doesn't know what a vowel is, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, <laughs> He's hello, just... my name is Grumpakantundin. <laughs> total Russian. Yeah. Um, and that's the way that they're portrayed throughout all kinds yeah. of comics and other just, media. It was a betrayal of my preconception of... And then you've got Romans. freaking Mr. Krabs slash Savajo Press slash... <laughs> You know, slash the governor of Dagum, uh, Ryloth, Ryloth comes in and goes, "I've got horns <laughs> and money." Like <laughs> I did not like. <laughs> like he was, I didn't like that. Uh, I don't like it when there's like a there's like a Hellboyish character, and part of their dialogue is grunting. Like mm. you know, anytime something happened, he'd be like. Ugh. I didn't like, like is he that. Taking a dump back there, just pick up the box and put down the box. Yeah. Uh, again, then Twi'leks, you know, in Rebels, Hera speaks basic, but then when she gets very passionate and she's talking they to... They kind of got those French undertones. They're a very civilized people. They're like, and there's, you kind of have the, it's very, They're, very... They are French. I don't care. I so know. that... They're very like... Cockney British. <laughs> yeah, you get, the, and there's the high level, and then you've got kind of the meth head... You know, Twi'leks that are like... But they're still rolling in money from their illegal drugs. So, I, you've got... So, anyways, whenever Tonks from Harry Potter right. kept going... Yeah. Like, what was that about? And then I... feline? I honestly thought less of the Mandalorian when they were like, yeah, they used to hook up. I was like, you can do so much better, Mandalorian. He, She's disgusting. I, in his defense, I have to assume it was his absolute rock bottom. 
<laughs> this is the place he's having to get back and from. And that's like this. They included this episode just to show how low he was. Um, that was my takeaway. So yeah, I didn't care for that episode. It totally felt like Suicide Squad, which to me I hated that movie. Which, yeah, it was also a terrible movie. Um, let's not get into that. But uh, I did like Bill Burr on the show. I know that his character was, you know, it was Space Boston. Uh, yeah, you want a bat gun? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> um, but I loved uh, I loved Bill Burr as a comedian. He's yeah, super he's funny. Super funny. Um, uh, but again, I think he's just like a too tied to reality type individual to be included in a Star Wars type environment. I can see that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's just so typical Earth. Yeah, it's <laughs> just kind of like if Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up or freaking Sylvester Stallone is like. And let's go bless let's go bust this alien out of jail. Yeah. I'd be like, what the freak is this Hashtag, guy doing? Hashtag Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, like I, exactly I didn't like that. Uh so but I did like Bill Burr being in there because I love Bill Burr. I thought that Mayfield's character was super cool. Super cool. Um also I liked that they had that kind of like slight joke at the stormtroopers' expense. Yeah, he was like, he was an elite, uh, you know, he was an elite sniper. Yeah. He's like, that's not saying much. He was like, I wasn't a stormtrooper. Uh but so many people, so many podcasts that I listen to or YouTubers or whatever saying they did not like five at all and they thought that six was a return to form and I could not disagree more. Five was super great. I loved it. I know it felt like a standalone, but you got freaking dobacks with fur. What the freak was going on with that? You've got Boba Fett cameo question mark. So anyways, so much stuff. Tuscans. Yeah. I love the sign language with the Tuscans. Um, all that stuff. So uh, lastly, okay, what do you expect... To see in season two, and what are questions you have going into season two? Does that make sense? I have like two very small things that I want. Okay. If I get these, I don't care what the rest happens. Go for it. I want to see the child with a helmet. Mandalorian I see helmet. The little ears poking out. That would be raw. The Beskar helmet. I want to see it. Okay. Uh, I want to. Yeah. I just want to see him doing things with that little baby Yoda helmet. I want it. I want it bad. Uh, and then the other thing is I would really like to see them finally do something. I don't know if they're ever going to develop the end of episode five where it was Boba Fett. I refuse to bargain any other, any other price. It was Boba Fett. I want to see if they do something with that or if that was just John Favreau, an obvious Star Wars fan. Episode five is just time after time after time. Dave Filoni was also the director for episode five. Right. And he is Trixie. Yeah. So He's like I don't. You guys want to see a Star Wars thing? Okay, we'll put it in there. Like that's that's Dave Filoni, you know. Um, Dave Filoni's the kind of guy. I would guy like to see if they develop that though. That's that the only two things. His I want. favorite animal is a wolf, so he makes an entire battalion of, you know, clone troopers, the wolf pack. He names a commander wolf. Then he starts fighting rebels and goes, maybe there's wolves. Like, <laughs> so Dave Filoni's the kind of guy that's like, if I like it. It's going to be in there. Like, I was surprised there wasn't two paws walking up to that person at the end of episode five. Um, so, here's the same thing. I have a qu- One of my questions is, is Boba Fett going to show up? Because we've been hearing rumors of Skywalker Saga characters appearing. And mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to cast, like, a different person or do CGI to make a young Luke Skywalker appear or anything like that. That would be sick. I don't expect it. Because they want the focus to stay on the Mandalorian. see Force Ghost Anakin trying to get rid of all the sand on Tatooine. I can guarantee you that's not going to happen. Uh, it's just a joke. But, uh, here's here's uh, my number one is obviously I want to see if Boba's going to be there. I don't really want Boba and the Mando to 
to face off. Uh, I think it'd be cool if they had like a mutual respect and then they just go their different ways or whatever. Mm. Um, I would love for Boba Fett to get one up on the Mandalorian and, you know, the Mandalorian be like, that's why he's the man or whatever. I don't know. That'd be cool. I'm just a huge Boba Fett fan. Um, and then my next person that I would want to see the most is I would freaking love to see Bosk. Live action Bosk would be sick. Uh, and maybe a little bit more dialogue than <laughs> from Empire Strikes Back. He's got his little lizard toes off the... <laughs> right? Like, everywhere he goes, his toes are just hanging off. Um, it'd be funny if they get into the, the freaking Razor Crest and he's like, watch your feet. <laughs> and his and toes, are, toes like... are hanging off. <laughs> um, but a couple of questions I had was, what's going to happen with Moff Gideon? How does he have the Darksaber? Are we going to get a flashback of that? Are we going to see, is Bo-Katan dead and that's why she doesn't have the dark saber anymore or is she in prison somewhere and they bust her out that would be a cool yeah, storyline i think we're almost positive he got that during the siege of mandalore right yeah oh you mean the the purge yeah the purge yeah. sorry so um and then two more questions that are things that i would love are we going to go to mandalore you know that would be super cool to go back and maybe try to unite the people again who knows <clears throat> Um, I would love to see Mandalorians versus Imperial Remnant because the, the Empire's got to get out of there by Force right. Awakens time. Um, and the Mandalorians, you know, maybe they have an uprising again. Oh, one last thing. The First Order's got to come out of the Imperial Remnant. So, yeah, yeah that would be cool if Do, they start to Are we going to see that. some of that stuff? Yeah, because that was hinted at and they said we're going to see that kind of and stuff. And then Hux Sr. maybe? Yeah, Brindle. Mm -hmm. That'd be sick. Uh, and then my one question is... And maybe we wouldn't even get this, because I'm okay with a Star Wars character just being their character. They don't have to freaking have a backstory all the time. Snoke ruined me for that. Um, I was like, maybe he's this person. Nope, he's a freaking, he's literally a puppet. <laughs> um, but my question is, does Moff Gideon have a backstory, and is his backstory former Mandalorian turned Imperial? And his reward for killing the Uprising and turning against his people is... That dark saber, that would be sick. Interesting. Uh, so those are some of our thoughts. Love the Mandalorian. Season one was fantastic. Season two comes in October. And uh, any any last words? I think we're we're done here. The only family you have here is me. May the force be with you. We'll catch you guys next time. Hey, we hope you liked this episode of the Chiss Ascendancy. If you enjoyed it, please like this video, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you know when you get a new video. And then also follow us on Instagram at Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. You can also find an audio-only version on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at the Chiss Ascendancy. We'll see you next time.